Hello and welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Jason Leininger coming to you from Swites United Methodist Church. It is a great joy to have you worshiping with us today. Whether you're in Springfield or somewhere else, we welcome you. We're glad that you're here. We're going to be digging into Psalm 1, finding out what it's like to be a tree planted by the water and growing into God's goodness. As we get started in worship, there are a few things that are upcoming that we'd love to draw your attention to. Ways that you can grow deeper in Christ and ways that we can extend the ministry of Jesus in our community and around the world. Upcoming September 13th, we're going to have an experience called Jesus is Greater, where we walk through the book of Colossians. Our worship is going to be centered around Colossians, and there are life groups, some that you could form, you could lead, some that you could be a part of. And there's a a book that a team of Schweitzer writers has created called Jesus is Greater, a field guide to Colossians. You can find more about this by going to sumc.co slash Colossians. You can find a book, sign up for a group. It's going to be a great time. We encourage you to be a part of that experience. We're also excited about some ongoing educational ventures that are opening up for ministry this this year on Schweitzer's campus. The first is Learning Pods. Grow to Know has started Learning Pods where kids from kindergarten through sixth grade can come. Days where they're not in public school, they can come and be a part of a classroom experience where, where they can continue to do their online education. Currently, there are no openings for Learning Pods, but if you'd like to contribute and learn more about uh, the Learning Pods, go to sumc.co slash learning pods. You can make contributions and you can begin to pray for our team that's putting on this educational experience. Starting in September, Youth Ministry is going to host a study hall on the Schweitzer campus. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 10 to noon. If you'd like to know more about the study halls, go to Schweitzer Youth Ministry on Facebook. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to engage with us. You can do that in the chat window. You can do that by hitting the prayer button. Let us know that you're here. By doing that, we can continue to encourage you, to connect with you, to send you encouraging and uplifting emails throughout the week. Let's get ready to worship. I freak out, God knows what I need. 
introductions, invitations to prayer goes something like this. It is right, good, and fitting that we give God thanks. As we come to a time of prayer, I'd like to invite you to take a few moments to give God thanks for how God has met you, has been close to you, has intersected your life this past week. Let's take a moment 
as we begin this time of prayer by giving thanks to the Lord. As we continue our prayer today, I'd like to draw on some of the words that come from a, of a prayer in the book, Every Moment Holy. And this prayer is called the Liturgy for Medical Providers. I'd like to use a portion of that prayer to guide us as we continue to seek God's face, as we continue to seek God for the things that we need in life, and the places where we're at. The words go something like this. Let me practice medicine because you are a healing God who feels compassion and extends mercy. Let me practice medicine because you are near to those who are in need, to those who face grief and loss. Let me practice medicine as a willing servant of your redemption, pushing back by means of my vocation the effects of the fall. Let my practice in this place lend a human face to your compassion. Even when my schedule is crammed with appointments, rounds, or duties, let me never view my patients as mere tasks on a to-do list. Give me grace instead to be always, even in our brief encounters, attentive and responsive to the hearts of human beings made in your image. Let me extend kindness and mercy, even to those who are too angry, frightened, bitter, or in pain to respond with anything but venom. Let me especially love them for they suffer even more than from physical ailment, from a lack of understanding or experience of your overwhelming grace, mercy, and love. Let their time with me be to them a taste that might awaken a hopeful hunger in their hearts. I can do none of these things on my own. Apart from your grace, I have no grace to give, so give me your grace in greater measure, O Lord. So give us grace, Lord Christ. Give us grace this day and all days that we might serve you well by loving and serving others in whatever trade you've given us. Let your kingdom come that it might be fully realized at the great mending of the world, at the great ending of all ills. Let us play a small part in your great work today. I invite you to join me in saying the prayer that Jesus taught us and he continues to teach us with when we together say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. With our giving of tithes and offerings, we do three things. We glorify God, we give God thanks for the tangible expressions of His grace to us, and we help extend God's blessing in the world. This last week, a number of people from Schweitzer helped to sponsor a teacher appreciation lunch at Pittman Elementary, a school that's right close to our neighborhood and our campus here in Springfield. Pittman is a school that we've been in partnership with for a long time, so the teachers appreciate that. They've also expressed to us that they would be glad to be recipients of hand sanitizer. So August 24th to 28th, we're hosting a hand sanitizer drive. If you're close to our campus in Springfield, we would love for you to pick up some hand sanitizer and drop it by our office, and we'll make sure that the folks at Pittman receive that. If you live somewhere different from Springfield, we'd encourage you to check in with your local elementary school, find out what they need, find out how you can participate, partner with them, and be a blessing to them. Today, it's a great opportunity we have to give to the Lord as an act of worship, to glorify God, to give thanks, and to be a part of His blessing to the world around us. Yeah. 
Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit Our God is three in one I believe in the resurrection That we will rise again For I believe in the name of Jesus I believe in life eternal I believe in the virgin This year, we've been hearing 52 stories. Those stories are about God's transformational work in the lives of people who are connected to Schweitzer. This week, we're gonna hear from Jen Brown. Jen recently joined the staff of Schweitzer as our Director of Communications. I invite you to watch along and listen with me to Jen Brown. I was recently hired as a Director of Communications for Schweitzer and excited to be here. Throughout my life, uh, God's always been faithful, even though sometimes the end of some chapters haven't always been what I always wanted. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home, and um, I even met my husband uh, in youth group. We became like youth group sweethearts, and uh, um, early on in our relationship, we navigated some hard stuff, especially related to cancer. My mom passed away from cancer when I was in college, and. Uh, my husband, he had had cancer at age 15, and so that had been a big marker on his life and how it shaped him. Uh, about a year into our marriage, he had had a re reoccurrence of cancer, and so we walked through that as a couple, and um, from that we decided we just wanted to keep following after Christ and making a difference. And so went on to pursue ministry full-time. My husband attended seminary and to become a pastor, and I supported him doing communications and creative work and things like that. And um, after seminary, we both went into basically full-time ministry in different places all over the country, and he was a pastor, and I uh, worked along church staff. And um, for about 17 years, we served in ministry. In 2019, a big unexpected thing happened in our life, and my husband was kind of being forgetful and uh, just doing some odd things, and so we went to the doctor, and he was diagnosed with a brain tumor called a glioblastoma, and uh, it was very significant, non-operable, and it really just changed the course of our next few months. Um, he was diagnosed in April and passed away in September of 2019. and. It was a really hard six months uh, of caretaking. Um, um, it's really, it's a hard thing to watch someone you dearly love um, kind of dwindle away and not be the person they were. Um, I was uh, kind of navigating that in whatever way I could. I got to sit beside him and care for him and um, just love him. Being someone who's trusted Christ, like always with everything, uh, for me to be, uh, have a lot of questions like, God, why would you do this? And uh, especially to uh, a couple who have served you and we've worked on church staffs and we've done everything right, it felt like. And still the story was different than what uh, 
uh, I wanted um, in terms of an earthly perspective. And so, uh, but walked through that season and God uh, was my rock and my strength through that, through that time. Uh, I also was surrounded by some amazing friends and family who helped hold me up during that time and uh, the prayers of many people. Through it, I kept coming back to this quote that um, Josh would often repeat, a uh, paraphrase from a seminary professor, and it is that God's always faithful, but He's too creative to do the same thing twice. And I really hold on to that because I do believe in a creative God, and even though my story is not exactly what I would have put together, uh, I know God worked through it. I've, I've continued to hope to reach out to people and care for people. I'm actually starting a, a life group for widows. Um, I just want to help share my story and walk with people through other hard times. My name is Jen Brown, and this is just the beginning of my story. Well, friends, welcome today. My name is Spencer. I'm the pastor. If you have your Bibles, we're reading from Psalm 1. This is part of a uh, part two of a series we're on called Rooted as we're uh, considering uh, the roots that we have in life and what grounds us and what secures us. We're talking about growth and what grows us into becoming the people God sees within us as we, as we think through uh, what does it take for us to grow. And as we do this, we're reading through Psalm 1, which is, it's only six verses, reading the same six verses every week. And we're looking at this Psalm just in different angles each time as we go through it, because Psalm 1 is just chocked full of wisdom about what does it take to be a person who grows? What does it, what does it take to become a person who grows into who God sees within us? And so we're going to read through Psalm 1. We read it last week and read this week. As we keep going through the series, same six verses, here's how it goes. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So right off the bat in Psalm 1, we notice that Psalm 1 teaches us that there's, there's two kinds of people in life. Uh, there are those who are like trees that are planted by streams of water. These are people who are secure and strong and they know what their life is about and what they're doing. They know the direction they're heading. They know their purpose and their, and their meaning and they, they know what they're trying to do. These are, these are people who have roots that, that stretch deep and to hold them grounded. And then, and then there's a kind of person who is like chaff that's blown around from here to there. If you're not familiar with chaff, chaff is the part of a, a plant that when it's harvested, it has to be separated. So like wheat and the chaff, the, the wheat is what you want to keep and the chaff would be the, the part of the plant that that's, uh, doesn't have a purpose. And so in ancient times, what people would do is they would, they would throw the, the plant in the air, the harvest in the air, and the wheat, which is heavier, would fall straight to the ground. But the chaff, which is like dust, would just blow away in the wind. And Psalm 1 teaches us that there are people who are like that. There are people who are blown around from here to there. There are people who don't know what their life is about or where they're going or what their, their meaning and purpose in life is. These are people who don't know um, who they are or what they stand for. These are, these are people who, who are always responding to the circumstances that are coming against them uh, because they, they don't know which direction in life they are heading. There, there are people with deep roots like trees, and then there are those who are like chaff that are blown around from here to there. And last week, we started this series off with a simple question. Well, which kind of person are you? 
Which kind of person are you? And, and, and really we ask the question like this, which kind of person are you becoming? Like what's the trajectory of your life and, and which kind of person you're becoming? Well, today and next week, the next two weeks, we're gonna really drill down into what does it take to be a kind of person who is like a tree that's planted by water? What does it take to become that kind of person with the deep roots? And so we're gonna drill down on this question of, of becoming uh, this, this tree and growth and what it takes to growth. And so, so to look at this, we're gonna look at this, uh, Psalm 1 verse three, which is all about the tree. And I want us to notice a lot of the details that are in here. This week and next week, we're going to look at the same verse. And, and today we're going to look at two details here. Next, week we're going to look at two more details. But, but I want you to catch these details. So here's Psalm 1, verse 3, really drilling down on, on what does it take to grow. Here's what it says about the tree. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now, there's some details in here I want you to catch. And here's the first one. I want you to catch that when it talks about this tree, the words are here, that the tree is planted by streams of water. Catch that word there, the tree is planted. What an interesting detail that the tree is planted. This is not a wild tree. This is not a tree that happened to end up by the river. This is a tree that had a plan and a purpose, that somebody uh, had a plan and a purpose for this tree, that they cultivated it, that this tree was purposefully placed where it is in order to be cultivated. And this teaches us something about spiritual growth and what it takes to have deep roots. One of the things I've said to you many times in other messages, I'm going to say it today. I'm going to say it in many other messages after this, because I think it's a true statement about how growth works. But one of the things we see here in Psalm 1 verse 3 is that this, this truth that spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. Spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. Spiritual growth doesn't just take place. You don't, you don't just accidentally become spiritually mature. You don't, you don't like accidentally become uh, someone who is, who is able to live in love. You don't, you don't like stumble into a growing, uh, deep, personal relationship with God. Like that's not how you, how you grow. That's, that's not, what it, not what it takes. And I know that sounds really obvious, but, but it needs to be said because sometimes, sometimes we live as if spiritual growth does happen on accident. So let me know if this sounds familiar. Um, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the Savior of the world, that He has forgiven you of your sin, that, that He has uh, saved you by grace, that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He's going to return in glory, that He's given us His Word in the Bible to, to guide our lives so we can know Him, uh, the, you know, basic Christian beliefs. Like, you, you believe this kind of thing. And, and, and yet, at the same time, sometimes you can go days, weeks, maybe even months without opening the Bible? Or, or sometimes your life gets so busy that before you know it, you've missed eight Sundays of worship. Like it's not intentional. You're not intentionally saying, I'm gonna ignore my spiritual life. But sometimes, you know, life starts to happen around us and our schedule gets full, our calendar gets booked, pressure, we have a lot of pressure from outside, you know, uh, things coming against us, we get stressed out, or, or sometimes life gets turned upside down like during a pandemic and routines fall out the window. And before you know it, the things that you used to do to cultivate spiritual growth now are things that you've kind of set aside and you not really pay attention to these things. And it's not an intentional thing. It wasn't like you were saying, I'm just gonna ignore spiritual growth for a while. It's just sometimes this is the way life begins to happen. Uh, that we begin to, to believe certain things and yet at the same time live as if spiritual growth happens on accident. But the truth is that this tree that is, uh, has these deep roots, it's been planted. It's been cultivated. 
It's been, it's been purposefully tended to. And this is how spiritual growth works, that it has been purposefully cultivated. Spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. It happens when we cultivate this in our lives, which leads me to the second observation here, the second detail about this tree. Because we learned here that the tree was planted, it's cultivated, but then notice that it's planted next to, it's planted by, it says here, streams of water. Planted by streams of water. This tree that's been cultivated, been placed in a certain place and tended to, has been put somewhere that its roots can reach down into a source of nourishment. That it's, it can tap into um, something that is going to grow it and take care of it and something that it can, it can latch onto for, for a source of nourishment. It, and, and especially thinking how Psalm 1 written in the, in the Middle East was written in the midst of a, a desert kind of, kind of climate that tapping into a source of nourishment is even that much more important. And so as you see what it's taking for this tree to grow, it starts to make us ask the question as well about our own source of nourishment. Like, what is it that you tap into in order to grow? What is it that you're tapping into currently in order to grow? This is how we cultivate growth in our lives is we're gonna tap into sources of nourishment in order for us to grow. Now, traditionally, the way that Christians have talked about the, the types of things that we tap into to grow, we, we call this, um, we call these traditionally, we call these spiritual disciplines, that, that there are certain practices and habits, um, disciplines that Christians have used for centuries that we recognize that, that grow us, that, that we participate in in order to grow us. And so we talk about spiritual disciplines because these are the things that that we've noticed um, for forever that, that these are the kinds of things that grow us, that these are the source of nourishment that we can, we can tap into. And, and as we participate in these spiritual disciplines, what we find is that growth starts to take place because this is how the spiritual life works. We, we need to cultivate this. And I think about how the Bible talks about how growth works. I mean, think about some of the things the Bible says about growth. This is James chapter four, verse eight. The Bible says this, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Catch that correlation there. You draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. There's this, there's this correlation that when we pursue God, we're gonna find God. When we seek after God, we're gonna find God. That this is the way this works, that we have a responsibility in this. It's not just gonna happen on accident. It's not just gonna happen because we stumble into it, but as we draw near to God, as we, as we cultivate a spiritual life, then we're gonna find God in the midst of our lives. This is the promise of scripture, and we see this over and over and over in scripture. There's so many promises that are like this in the Bible. Let me read to you a few more. This is Deuteronomy chapter four. It says, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah 29 verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Hebrews 11 verse six says, he that is the Lord, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And of course, I could go on and on and on with, with examples about how there is this strong promise in the Bible that when we seek after God, when we pursue God, we're gonna find him. We're going to grow. We're going to find his purpose, his meaning for our lives. This is the way that it works, that we have this responsibility to do this. And, and the way that Christians have long talked about how we pursue God, how we seek after him, is this phrase, spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines. So I, th I thought it'd be helpful today 
as we're talking about cultivating uh, the, these deep roots and growth in our life, for us to think a, a bit about spiritual disciplines and, and to think about these things. I want to point just a few things out about spiritual disciplines this morning as we think about what is it that nourishes us. So the first thing I want to point out when we start talking about spiritual disciplines is I want you to notice the, the similarity in, in some words here. Um, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, we're also talking about being disciples, right? Disciplines and disciples, there's clear correlations here in these, in these words because disciples are people who are disciplining themselves in order to become like Jesus. Disciples are people who are disciplining themselves in order to become like Jesus. The great Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, he, he talks about this connection and here's how he describes it. I think this is so rich. He says, the deeds of the kingdom, like living a life that honors God, the deeds of the kingdom, he says, arise naturally out of a certain quality of life. His, his idea here is that when you start to grow in your faith, you are going to naturally start to live a life that pleases God and, and does God's will for your life because what you're gonna find is that your character and who you are on the inside and the way you think about life, these kinds of things are gonna change. You're gonna be transformed from the inside. He goes on, he says, we cultivate that life in its wholeness by directing our bodies into activities that empower the inner and outer person for God and through God. In other words, we live into this life, we cultivate this life when we start to discipline our life to go in a certain way. This is what spiritual disciplines do is they, they direct us and they teach us how to live for God and through God. They teach us how to live in relationship with God. Spiritual disciplines, they teach us um, how to know God and to, and to grow into what he has for us. These disciplines are absolutely vital. Now there are like books upon books upon books upon books that are written about spiritual disciplines. And, and we could just talk about this for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on it. And you can easily go online and do a lot more research about spiritual disciplines. But just to dive a little bit into these um, this morning, I, I thought it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about kind of some categories of spiritual disciplines. Do you think about what does this look like for you in your life? And most people who write about spiritual disciplines will write about how there's kind of two big categories that disciplines fall into. Um, there's a, a category, kind of a disciplines of, of engagement, and then another category of like disciplines of, of, um, of abstinence. And in other words, there's, there's kinds of disciplines that we do um, in order to grow. And then there's kind of disciplines that we don't do, that we, like, we, we, we refrain from doing in order to grow. So some of those categories would be like this, like disciplines of engagement might be things like scripture reading or worship, uh, things like prayer, uh, service to others, fellowship with other believers, tithing, things like that would be disciplines of engagement. Disciplines of absence might be things like silence or solitude, um, fasting, chastity, sacrifice, things along those lines where we give things up in order to grow. And, and these kind of disciplines we've, we've noticed are, are what train us in order to, into following God. This is how we pursue God. So, so I thought today would be really helpful to get practical. And I, I was thinking about this if if we were just to pretend that like you and I went out for coffee and, and you were asking me about spiritual disciplines and, and maybe over coffee as we we're talking about spiritual disciplines, you, you wanted to, to talk through about how to, how to do this in your life. Maybe, maybe you're like the person I was describing earlier, the person who like believes these things about God and believes who Jesus is and, and how he's the savior. And yet at the same time, you find yourself maybe distracted or neglecting the kinds of things that grow you, neglect spiritual disciplines from time to time. And you're maybe feeling stirred by the spirit to say, I wonder what God, what steps God would have me to take. And so I was just thinking, you know, let's pretend you and I went out for coffee and you wanted to talk through what this looks like for you and you know, what kinds of things do I say to you? And so I, so I got a, a few pieces of advice, very, very practical, very practical advice. It's not the Bible. This is just from my experience, how I've experienced um, spiritual disciplines in my life and how this gets cultivated in me. 
Um, so here's a few things I'd say to you. Here's the first thing I, I would probably say to you is, is something like this. I'd say, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, you need to find what works for you because not everything's gonna work for you. For instance, um, I, I keep a journal. I've, I've, since 2000, so 20 years, I've, I've kept a journal. I've got like a stack of journals that I've kept for the last 20 years. And, and I don't write in these journals every day, but I probably write three to four or five times a week. And, and sometimes they're lengthy. Usually though, they're just maybe a Bible verse that stands out to me or something that, that I feel like God has been putting on me or maybe a reflection on a Bible verse. Usually it's centered around the scripture. And, and I've had this journals for 20 years and it's really cool to look back at them 20 years ago and to see what was going on in life and also some of the things that God was maybe stirring in me in those times and, and big things, small things, all kinds of that. And, and you could hear that and, and hear about this journal, which is a spiritual discipline for me. I mean, the list I gave you earlier is not exhaustive. There's all kinds of things you can put on those lists about what spiritual disciplines are. But journaling is a discipline for me. And, and so you could, you could hear that and you think to yourself, wow, I'd, I'd like to have a journal too. I'd like to do that too. That's, a, that's inspiring. I'd like to have 20 years of record of what God has been speaking to me. That's really, that'd be really great to have. And so you go out and you buy yourself a, a journal and, and you get it day one and you just write and 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 write. And then day two, you write maybe just a little bit less. And then like a year later, you find this notebook that you bought in order to be a journal and you look at it and you only wrote in it for two days. And, and then you feel like you're a bad Christian because you couldn't keep it up or, or you feel like, man, you really let Jesus down because you couldn't keep the spiritual discipline. And, and if you were to bring that up to me, you know what I'd say to you? So what? Who cares that you couldn't keep this up? Not every spiritual discipline is for everybody. You gotta find what works for you. I, I've known people who rave about the impact that um, silence has had in their life. And they carve out spiritual times just to be silent. And I know people who go on, on retreats in order to be silent, just by themselves for a couple of days in order to, 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 to be in silence because it's a spiritual discipline for them. And, and I, I did that one time. I did a, a retreat where I was silent and I'm an introvert. And I got to tell you, it was terrible. I hated it. It was just absolutely awful. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad Christian or that I don't love God or that I failed because I couldn't keep this up and I didn't enjoy it. It just means that not everything is for everyone. And so if we were sitting down over coffee and you wanted to know about spiritual disciplines, like the, one of the first things I'd say to you is you gotta realize not everything is for everyone. Not everything's for everyone. You gotta find what works for you. But as soon as I would say that, I would say this. I'd follow it up very quickly with, with this though. Um, while you gotta find what works for you, you also have to know that there are some disciplines, some basic disciplines that are for everybody. And, and I, I just can't see how you're going to grow if you don't pay attention to some very basic disciplines. Just a handful of things that are, I think are absolutely necessary if you're going to be somebody who grows. And, and I want to offer those to you. So I, I think the absolute necessary um, would be this, that you um, worship, that you study the scripture, that you pray, that you're in service to other people, that you're in fellowship with other believers and that you practice tithing. Like I think those are basic disciplines that I, I don't think you're gonna grow if you begin to ignore um, these, these very basic things. And so even in the midst of those basic things though, we also recognize that we may do them differently. You know, for instance, worship, I think is a basic spiritual discipline. If you're not worshiping, you're probably not gonna grow. But even within that, we all worship a little differently. Some of us like to raise our hands and worship and sing loudly. Others of us maybe like to hold a hymnal and be reflective. There's not a right or a wrong. The point is, are you purposefully pursuing God? Are you purposefully, uh, are you purposefully 
uh, giving honor and glory to God. Like this is the point of the disciplines is, is they are they're drawing us into how are you purposefully cultivating a life, a life that is, that is nourished by God. And so today I, I wanted you to, to, to wrestle with this with me and, and ask yourself maybe some questions about how are you cultivating? How are you intentionally pursuing God in your life? What does this look like right now for you to use Psalm 1 language, to be a tree that is planted, it's cultivated by streams of water? What are the things that you're tapping into? What are the ways that you're seeking to grow and you have a plan and you're being intentional about this? Because the truth is, spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. And if you ignore this, you're just not gonna grow. And I, and I want you to know that as your pastor and as our church, we care deeply that we would be the kinds of people who are like trees with deep roots, that we would be the kinds of people who are like trees who are planted by streams of water, that this is what we want for you, that you could grow into this kind of person because this is what God wants for you. And so we also recognize that in our church, we've got people who are in all kinds of different places. Uh, we've got people who are just now starting out following Christ, exploring what this means for them, taking very first steps in faith. And we've got people who have been at this for their entire life. And, and we've got people everywhere in between. And so over the springtime, we, we started to, to wrestle with the question of, I wonder how we could pull everyone together to take steps towards cultivating a deeper relationship with God, um, wherever people might be. So we, we've created this experience coming in September that's really geared about all of us taking steps, no matter where we're at, in cultivating a deeper relationship with Jesus, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been at this for a long time. So starting in September, the week after Labor Day, on September 13th, we're gonna start a sermon series called Jesus is Greater. And along with this, we've created this um, study guide, it's a field guide is the word we're using, that uh, is a companion that everybody, no matter where you're at in, in your life, or your faith, you can join along with us to take steps towards cultivating something more in your life. Um, in this field guide, there will be daily Bible readings. And, and for some of us, especially maybe those who are just starting out, maybe daily Bible readings, daily readings is going to be like the first time we've ever done this. And I just, I'm so excited that there will be some of us who are taking first steps to cultivating something deeper in their life by just simply reading the Bible on a daily basis. I, I can't wait to hear the stories of people who are taking those first steps. One of my favorite things about this field guide though, is that there's going to be a study guide for every, um, every sermon that goes along in this message series. And so there's questions that you can join together with others to, to study the Bible together because I think studying the Bible and fellowship together is a way to grow. It's a spiritual discipline. And so um, I, what I love most about that though is that there can be so much flexibility because not everybody who joins together with others, maybe in a group, is gonna look the same. And I, and I just love the idea that we can have groups that, that just look different and not some one size fits all, but there's an opportunity for everybody to take a step in some way uh, to, to join with others to study the Bible through these discussion questions. So it could be that maybe you join a formal group through the church and, and you're in a life group that's, that's with people you don't know and you make new friends and that's just, that's, that's amazing. Or it could be that maybe there's a husband and a wife who decide to study this together or a family who study this together. That's a group too. Or, or, or maybe you just get together with some friends. Maybe your friends don't even go to Schweitzer, people you work with. I don't know. There's all kinds of ways that, that this could be organized and you can meet online or in person or, or a mixture of both. It, it doesn't really matter. There's like a, a, a million ways we could organize this thing. The purpose is that all of us could be taking steps to grow. That's really the whole point of, of what we're trying to do here, that all of us could be taking steps to grow, no matter, no matter if we've been at this for a long time or this is the first kinds of things we've ever done that are like this, that we could be taking steps, cultivating a life that is, that is being lived towards, towards Jesus. 
Because friends, God's plan for you is that you would be like a tree that's planted by streams of water. That you would yield fruit in season and that whatever you do would prosper. Like this is the promise we have from the scripture. But we're not gonna get there on accident. We're not gonna just stumble upon that kind of life. We're not just gonna just hope upon it someday. Rather, it's gonna happen when we cultivate a life that is being disciplined and growing and seeking and pursuing God. And so this, this morning as we, as we worship together, I, I wonder, how are you cultivating a deeper relationship with God right now? And are there steps that you think God might be calling you into in order to grow into this tree that's been planted by streams of water? Because friends, spiritual growth doesn't happen on accident. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you don't want us to stay the same, that you have a plan and a purpose for us and that through your son, Jesus, you have given us new life. There are times though, there are times when we begin to neglect this. We get distracted, we get busy, life gets turned upside down, we lose motivation, we fall out of practice. And for some of us, maybe we've been in those seasons and we need to return because we're not where we wanna be. We're not living a close, growing, dynamic, personal relationship with you. Instead, maybe we have belief, but we haven't really been experiencing you. And so today, I wanna open ourselves up. Would you speak to us and call us to take deeper steps into a relationship with you, to cultivate a deeper relationship with you because this is not gonna happen on accident. Challenge us and lead us and help us to understand what you would have for us that we might become like trees who are planted by streams of water. We love you and we thank you for the gift that you've given us in your son. In his name, Jesus' powerful name, we pray, amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. 
worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Friends, it's been good to join together in worship today as we've been challenged to think about how we're cultivating a life that's growing towards God. Uh, today, if this has been helpful for you, I encourage you to share this message of service with your friends, your family, and I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.